Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Please consider supporting Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. They are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United, YEG, for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Trevor from Halifax calling in to say that I support creative control on Patreon because I think long-form arts journalism is a crucial part of music culture and there's simply not enough of it out there today. Vish is a master interviewer, he lands great guests, and he has his finger on the pulse of the ever-changing music landscape both here in Canada and abroad. For all of these reasons and many more, I think you should support creative control on Patreon too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash creativecontrol today. I'm Visha's wife, and I will love him no matter what you do. And now he has me on the record saying that. Daniel Romano is a supernaturally prolific and multi-talented musician, poet, composer, lyricist, filmmaker, writer, and producer based near his hometown of Welland, Ontario. Aside from his solo work and in other bands like Ancient Shapes, Romano has been dedicating much of his time of late to one of the world's greatest live and in-studio rock and roll bands, Daniel Romano's Outfit, which currently and primarily consists of himself Roddy Holiday, Carson McCone, Juliana Riolino, and his brother, Ian Romano. Their latest album is called La Luna, and falling within the realm of conceptual rock operas, it consists of two long pieces, which are each nominally divided into six parts that thread together. La Luna was released on September 9th, 2022, by You've Changed Records, the label Romano co-founded with Stephen Lamke, and Daniel and I caught up again for a discussion about the outfit's recent triumphant, if not a little bit rocky, 
shows in Europe and Nova Scotia. The live at Lee's Palace concert film, the outfit released a few months ago, where the scope and scale of La Luna may have come from, Joel Plaskett's attention to production details in his own work, Theosophy and the Theory of Everything, Ballet and Film, Remembering the Late Dallas Good of the Sadies and their various collaborations and get-togethers, the time Daniel filled in on drums at a Sadie show in Ottawa, and my encounter with Prime Minister Justin Trudeau there that same weekend, a new Ancient Shapes single and album, other future plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash creative control where you get some perks and often you get episodes of the show earlier than everybody else. Patreon.com slash creative control for more info about all that stuff. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a well-stocked record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta, and friendly staff who will happily help you fill your orders. Hey, say you want to order La Luna by Daniel Romano's outfit. Go to blackbird.ca and see if you can do it. I bet you can. I bet you you can. Blackbird.ca for more info about how to do that. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, uh, respectively located in Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 714 of Creative Control, featuring the lovely and talented Daniel Romano, with your host, me, Vish Khanna. Hi Dan, how you doing? Hi, good. Your hair looks good. Oh, thanks. What what's it yeah. just for the people listening, what does that mean? What is my hair doing? I don't know. It looks like a sort of actually kind of looks like a like a Dave Foley wig or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was he was just on the show and I we were I, Oh, was he? Yeah, he and Kevin McDonald from Kids in the Hall were on and he was talking about in the preamble how good his hair looked and I said, "Yeah, I'm heading your way." Dave. Yeah, yeah. And then Kevin well, you're there. Kevin chimed in, I'd be the same, but I dye it. <laughs> so he dyes his hair. Anyway, thanks. Yeah. yeah, it's getting I'm getting old, I guess. I uh do, great gracefully. Do you envy uh when you see a salt and pepper person like myself with the hair? Yeah. Do you envy it? I do. Because here's my take on going gray uh somewhat early. I think I'm going to die. Sooner than most people. <laughs> no, I like, don't think that's what that means. Well, if your look, body look at starts, Steve Martin. Yeah, it's true. He's had white hair the whole time, and he's the in whole his time. mid seventies. And I, yeah. I really enjoy. Have you ever seen that Only Murders in the Building show he's on? That's on no. the Disney Channel. No, uh, it's good. He's on it with Martin Short and uh, uh, Selena Gomez. They just did interesting. Their, it's really funny and sharp. I I think they get a little hokey sometimes, but it's funny. And yeah. good. So I would recommend that if you're looking for stuff to watch. Anyway, okay. uh, as usual, where in the world are you today, Dan? I'm uh, in Welland, Ontario at the studio. The name of the studio again, for those who may not know? Oh, Camera Varda. Yes, yes. How are things going there? Uh, good. Really good. You're bu- you busy? Cooler. You're always... Cooler. 
Every time you're yeah. on the show, we talk about something that's out, and then you say, yeah, and, and then uh, in six months, five more things are coming out. Are you working <laughs> on something as we're speaking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, that's uh, you're, I can see you being guarded because sometimes you're on and you spill a lot of beans. Uh, that's true. So it's all I'll ask those because I believe today, as we're speaking, there was an announcement about your one of your other projects, Ancient Shapes. Is yeah. that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. And what's the nature of the announcement? Uh, it's a seven-inch split with um, a Weird Nightmare, which is Alex from Metz's uh, other project. Oh, cool! So you're doing a Weird Nightmare yeah. split. Nice. What's the? Is that on a label or something? Sub Pop. Oh, Sub Pop. You're going to be on Sub Pop. That must be... Have you ever been on Sub Pop before? Have not, no. First time. <laughs> First ride. <laughs> Are you excited? Yeah. If I think on it now, so your partner who was on the show uh, relatively recently, Carson, yeah. uh, has a re- has currently a great record. It's still new. It's not old. It's new it to me. Yeah. People should check it out. They should. Uh, out on, on uh, Merge Records, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite American labels. And now you usually do stuff on, on You've Changed. Now you're on Sub Pop. For so a seven you're, inch. You're, we'll see. For a we'll seven see, how inch. That, see how that goes. I'm going to try to force oh, them wow. into a, a full length. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's great. That's exciting. So uh, you also, as we're speaking, just got back from uh, a, a little bit of, well, it wasn't a tour. You did how many nights in, in Nova Scotia? Five. Five nights in Halifax? No, uh, Hubbard's Beach, <laughs> which is uh, like 50 minutes outside of Halifax. Oh, okay. Yeah. And how was, was that? It was great. It was really great. Kind of Groundhog Day, but enjoyable. You don't, uh, you've done some residencies of some kind, probably in the two-night variety usually? Yeah, I think so. Maybe at least. All right, have yeah, I even done that? I don't know. I was thinking that maybe maybe not on maybe if you weren't headlining, someone might ask you to do a couple nights um, for something they were doing. But maybe I'm yeah, wrong. maybe no, no, I must have done that at some point. Yeah. So you get a bit of it's a bit of deja vu, is what you're saying. Yeah, and it was like the same. Like we were staying in uh, Cole Harbor, which is like Dartmouth area, and so oh. we had to drive fifty minutes to and fro the show. Uh. Okay, Which was well, kind, I mean, of, that, kind of nice too, you know, like have a little, little chat, get get hyped up before, discuss yeah. discuss the show on the way home. You've done a, a fair amount of uh, uh, touring uh, in the last little while. Uh, I think since the last time, I feel like Dan, you were on the show already once this year. This talk about a resident. You're doing a podcast I'm residency. Doing a podcast now. residency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the last time we spoke, uh, you... I'm the new right? Albini. Yeah, <laughs> well, he's once a year. Not once in... I don't think he's ever... Oh, so I'm, I've, I've surpassed him then. I think Greg Turkington, a.k.a. Neil Hamburger, was once on uh, twice in the same calendar year. Possibly our friend Steve Lamke was on twice in one right. year. Because Steve's yeah. been on a lot, too. Anyway, all this to say... Uh, he's nothing got a lot un- to say. He does. Nothing untoward about you being on... I just mean, the, I was getting at is the last time, I think touring and live shows were still like, I don't know what it's going to be like. Things were still yeah. getting canceled. Uh, you did go to uh, Europe, yes? Yes. And how was that? 
It's good. It was uh, it was more difficult than usual. Uh, you know, everybody's telling that story, so it's boring, and I don't have to get into it. But uh, yeah, you know, it's a logistical nightmare now. A logistical nightmare. I understand you don't want to get into it, but your tour was. It's wor- it's noteworthy that it was halted for a little bit. Twas. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah, I was. I all, know we all we all finally got sick, and uh, everyone in Stockholm was very kind and hooked us up with living arrangements shout out to Manuela for doing that and yeah. uh yeah it sucked but we things somehow miraculously were able to be rejigged for just a few days later or whatever so you know everyone could be better and uh we managed to i think we only i think we missed two. Oh, things. that's it okay maybe yeah. three i can't remember but it was like the things that we really, really had to do to make the thing work, uh, we managed to still do. So, Good. Yeah. Hasn't hasn't changed your opinion? You say it's harder to tour. You said Europe in particular, but hasn't altered your opinion about uh, touring in any regard. I mean, touring has always been difficult, and people yes. people get sick and things go wrong, and you do your best. It's just part of the adventure. Uh, yeah. Nothing about that experience has altered you in a way where you're like, uh, I've talked to some folks who are like, yeah, I don't know what to do. Like we got it. Our tour was canceled. Most of them do go back out. And that seems, Mm -hmm. that seems to be your mentality. You just, it happened. You recovered. You're back at it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know really what else to do. Yeah. You know, so long as there's a demand, I don't see why we wouldn't, uh, yeah, do it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what else are you going to do? You did do a, a good thing, I thought, uh, and I got the impression from uh, some of the people involved in making it that it happened kind of last minute, but you released a live concert video uh, while yes. you were in Europe. Uh, it was uh, the band Live at Lee's, beautifully shot, beautiful sounding uh, 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 release, if you will, a live concert mm-hmm. concert film. Did did that happen a little slapdash? Was that just like we got to do something? Oh yeah, no, it was for sure. Yeah, because yeah. at that point we were like, oh, we're we're not gonna. This is gonna be bad financially. Uh, mm-hmm. So we we're like, what do we have? I don't want to beg. So we need to offer something, and that was what we had. <laughs> so. And did it sort of not to get too uh, crass, but did it work out? Did that help? Uh, it definitely helped. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. I. What's it's just what is it called? Daniel Romano's outfit live at Lee's or something? Yeah. That's I mean that's what it, if it's not, that's what it should be called. Is it on <laughs> is it on your uh, bank? I just got it from something and I, uh, I, I the browser's I think window. it's on I think it's on Vimeo. It is on Vimeo, but if people wanted to is that how they did you? Oh you may, there's probably there's probably a link somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll hyperlink yeah. it in the pod description because I do think people people can still buy it, right? Or rent it? I believe it? so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll, I'll encourage people to check it out because I, I really enjoyed it, and the band is just on fire. And man, you just got a lucky. You're you're. I'm not saying you're lucky, but that's a great band you got there. That outfit, <laughs> if I yeah. might say, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they are really uh, showcased on this ambitious new record, which I have a copy of down here for the people at home who are listening and can't see it. I'm holding up a copy of La Luna, uh, which has a nice gatefold thing and it is uh two sides divided into six yeah six parts right is that, yeah, I got this right? that's right yeah 
I had to actually study Roman numerals uh, in grade uh, seven or eight. They decided to put me. You know what's weird is in grade seven they thought I had I needed help. So for a day or two they put me in remedial yeah. studies, and I was like, "What is happening? Why?" And I think it was racism. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't because you. I've always kind of talked like this. The yeah. English like is pretty good. I've been reading since I was small. So like for a day, and I went home depressed. And my parents were like, "They did what? Like your grades are yeah. what?" And we didn't know it was a punishment. Anyway, the next year, enrichment. You know, did you ever have that in school where they had like, "Oh, here we'll put you in the cl- a little group with some smart people." Anyway, I am not bragging because I don't think I deserved either one. I've always been very <laughs> average. But my thing is, uh, they I did a whole unit on Roman numerals. Yeah. So I, unlike some people, can read Roman numerals. Yeah. Have you? Are you? Are you normally someone who can read? Because you've done that I here. Tw- I can get to twelve. You get to twelve. I see that. Yeah, you've <laughs> gone all the way to twelve here. Anyway, sorry, that was a weird Roman aside. But uh, you are Daniel Romano. That's true. How about that for some dad puns? That's, that's why I had to. Let's talk about La Luna and this. First of all, congratulations. Thank you. I don't want to, um, whatever, overblow anything. This feels like somehow your most ambitious thing. And this, I'm saying this with some hesitation because everything you do to me has a particular level of high ambition. You're always outdoing yourself, I think, personally. But this lyrically and in its scope seems particularly big and you did it. Like you did it, you said it. You always, I feel like, Dan, here's my thing. You set out to do stuff and it probably yeah. seems a little wild to everyone you're telling about it and then you make it happen. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. Okay. So let's, so. Ta- let's, that was a good answer. That was a good answer to that question. Let's talk about why this is two sides, two large songs divided into sections. Um, mm-hmm. why, why this scope, first of all, for this particular uh, project? Well, you know, It'd be better if it was just one really long side, but that's not how records work. No. So I had to break it up. Oh, you feel like it should, it's not even digitally. I got the thing digitally and it's still divided yeah. into. Couldn't that I be know, one whole thing? Like, I guess, but I mean, you know, <laughs> I like to base things on the LP format. Right. Okay. Okay. But why? Why one large? Again, as I say, it's divided into 12 parts. They are distinctive. While it does, like I, I, my, so again, I have a weird thing with this uh, because uh, sonically it is one long thing. There's no doubt about it. Uh, But because of the context I have and the visual nature of the presentation and the fact you got to, I've been flipping the sides, I know it's at least two things. But why why not just divide this into 12 songs as opposed to these giant pieces? I just wanted, I wanted to make like one thing. So I don't, I don't really think so much think of it as, as songs, really. I think of it as like a piece. And, um, basically I just wanted to, I wanted to make something with that kind of an arc and, uh, I wanted to make an overture and then dissect the overture into pieces. So that was a, way that I did it. it was like I a, see. Now and I think I I think I thought of it like the overture has to have 12 like movements and then 
or or whatever different sections or melodies or whatever it is and then uh break that into sort of like expand on those for the actual record the rest of the record for those of us who um may not uh have thought too much about what it is, what an overture is. I wonder if you can expand upon it from your own sense of its definition, because for those of us who encountered this overture, what you'll hear is foreshadowing for the whole rest of the record. Pieces, uh, melodies, uh, aspects of the rest of the record are all contained in this overture. So in a sense, it's like a little medley yeah, that precedes the rest of the action. Am I doing it? Is that basically what it is? You just did it, yeah, yeah. So That's what an overture is supposed to yeah, be, right? Yeah, okay. You nailed it. Yeah. So, so what, let's start with that. Why did you think it would be cool to make a record with an overture? Are you saying that was your first entry point into this record? It was. was I, like, I, I wrote the overture first. Yeah. Um, okay. I think I just wanted to make something that felt more like a journey and less like... And I try to do that with regular records, too. You know, I try to make them feel like one thing even though it's you know 10 to 12 different ideas and sonic landscapes and stuff uh i wanted to sort of like refine that and take sort of one pretty open but also pretty specific idea as far as like content and then also musical landscape and sort of have those run through the whole thing. So this is getting into the realm, and I know you're going to bristle, of of concept record. Yeah. Uh, Some people would say... Rock opera. Rock opera. Hey, you said it before I had to say it. I know. I knew you were getting to it, so I just thought I'd beat you to the punch there. Can you tell that I was trying to qualify it by saying, I don't know that that's what this is, but that's what people are going to say? Did you hear that? I don't feel... I, I don't feel... I wouldn't feel offended by that, I don't think. Like if somebody said this is a rock opera, I'd say, okay. What does it mean? So, uh, you know, we have mutual friends who have engaged uh, in the rock opera realm. Fucked up come to mind. uh, Yeah, totally. For sure. Conceptually based albums uh, almost every time on a narrative sense. But I think externally where people get uh, caught up in that notion of rock opera, there's something about that that uh, suffix, I guess, opera. Yeah. I don't know if it's a suffix, but just saying opera suggests uh, that uh, the artist is ramping up. We have this, right. we revere opera as this upper scale, out of this world thing. And uh, have you ever been to an opera? Yes. I, but as a kid. As a kid. I've been a couple times and I, yeah, I guess it's pretty magical. But I also, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go home and listen to this. Like, I just don't. I, I don't yeah. know. That's just me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, when you, so you're not, you're okay with it being a rock opera. Do you fall into the trappings that I'm describing of like, okay, this has got to then be this level of voices and narrative. Like, I'm going to, this is now becoming libretto, not I, simply. No, I didn't, I didn't think, I, I mean, I didn't, you, I didn't use any different method uh or okay. instrumentation that i don't always use really yeah you know like it could like if you were to take a section of it it would be like oh that's just like 
an outfit song or whatever. And yeah. not like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. The the thing with rock opera is like I think some people would their mind would go to like musical. Like oh it's a, yes. it's a you know. Yeah. And I don't and that's not what it is, I don't think. Huh. I guess I haven't really dialed into that. I guess a musical, film or theatrical musical, is meant to be the uh, every person's opera. Yeah. The digestible opera. Yeah, and I think that's more like um, narrative in a linear sense, too. Yeah. Usually, and this doesn't have that. At least not in a way that is uh, uh, like, a st- like a story. Well, in keeping with what we were talking about in terms of the overture and the finale, I guess we didn't really talk about that, but the notion of illusions and foreshadowing and connection between pieces, that is definitely thing, a thing that happens here. Lyrical motifs, lyrical expressions come back. Uh, they, start, they, they appear and yeah. then they reappear later. So you are drawing threads. There's definitely threads between these yeah, yeah, pieces. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But... Let's get to the umbrella concept. It's called the Luna. Uh, to my layman's ear, I hear a lot of lunar um, concepts or allusions to the moon. Mm-hmm. Is that too obvious? What, what, what is what is the what does the Luna mean to you in terms of where you're coming from here? I knew you were going to ask me that, and I didn't prepare to. I didn't think to be able to answer this well. Has um, no one asked you about the moon yet? I mean, it was such a, like, it was such a strange and quick sort of dissection of ideas and theories and all of this stuff. And I was referencing and reading so much so quickly and taking instant inspiration and, and all of that. And oh. I don't. I don't have a fully formed answer for the point of this, really. It was like, (laughs) it was at the time deeply personal and spiritual and uh, that, I don't know. I always find I I get into that place to create and then once it's finished, I have a completely different relationship with all of it and I also don't go back and reference it until I have to like learn it for a show or something so it's really just like this in the moment thing that happens and then is done and then I am on to the next thing and I don't like really uh, digest any of it you know I mean it's in there obviously but uh, I don't think about it so it's it's hard for me to be like this is exactly what this means and this is what this is about um, and also there's part of me that doesn't want to, you know, no, that's because, fair. because I don't know when I'm listening to music, I don't want to know what it means or what it's about. I mean, I, I do feel for, for this thing, it's, it's relatively self-explanatory to, to a degree, but also like, I don't want to ruin somebody else's interpretation by telling them what they should think about it to a degree yeah no that's fair first of all you're attacking my job I know. that's all i do is i tell people i ask people to tell me everything and they go all right i know 
and then they tell me everything, and then everyone's like, oh, I guess I know about that. No, you're absolutely correct, though, to have that stance. I'm being facetious. No, no. I, I, I don't mean to humble brag, but you were on this, like we alluded to earlier, you were on this show this year. Yeah. I want to say we did that, maybe we recorded it in late December, but I think it appeared in January yeah. of 2022. And like within that thread of exchanges, you were like, hey, here's the new record. Yeah. So sometime in the early part of this year... So I, had, I was sent, done it already, right? And I sent it to that's you like, correct. pretty much right after we did the last podcast. So what I'm saying is, yeah. yeah, in January of 2022, it's for those listening at any point in the history of time, it is September 2022 as we're speaking. Yes. Dan had sent me this record uh, in its entirety, completely done, I think. Yeah. Not a rough mix, nothing. It was done in January. We are now talking all these months later... Uh, about something that he finished almost a year ago. Well, not quite a year ago, but eight months ago, whatever it is. Yeah. And so I, all I'm getting at by saying this is I know that you're having to jog your memory about something you completed who knows how long ago. Yeah. And and the feeling you had, if I had asked you about it then, you probably had fresh feelings for Yeah, but it. I, you know what? That I think that's something I have to work on. Because yesterday, or actually a couple of days ago, I was texting with Joel Plaskett. And I was like, mm-hmm. hey, I really like how you have the song down at the Kyber panned. And I want to know how you did that because it's one guitar and I'm trying to figure out how to like fill a stereo spectrum like that. And I, th- I was just thinking that's like a really well executed whatever that is. And he was like, he remembered everything. Yeah. Like everything. But that's Joel. But that's Joel though. So I know Joel too. And that's Joel is... First of all, I'm sure he was flattered and excited to nerd out with you. He certainly was, yeah. Yeah, like he, that's his, he loves it. He loves making things, creating things that are wild and weird, and he's an experimenter. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if people give him enough credit for that stuff because I don't think they do. He comes from, yeah, I think he comes from more of a, uh, such a such a pop oriented uh, realm, or that's the, the how he's construed. Yeah. But I love Down at the Kyber, and and I think he knows even more than that. I love In Need of Medical Attention. He totally. made some records at that period that are astonishingly edgy, and for what they are, like they're just really interesting choices. Yeah. Um, and, and the they sound all, of Down and they the, all sound amazing. Yes, and yeah. he he and Charles Austin and he more these days I think on his own, but he yeah. and Charles Austin really uh, really honed a, an incredible sound. He, he so, was actually saying McGettigan is more responsible for the sort of sonic l- landscape of that. That's true. I guess he and that's right. McGett's actually produced yeah. that. Yeah, you're absolutely sorry. I stand corrected. No. Yeah, McGett should not be short short change. So my thing is, I hear you. You you don't write things down. You are an impulsive person. That's true. In that regard, you just you do think. We've talked about this with ancient shapes. Yeah. We've talked about this numerous times. You get an idea, and within an hour, it might be on tape and done. Yeah, and that's it. Like that's the way you are. And I don't think you should second guess that with notes and and and, and other ephemera. Yeah. I think it's fine. However, yes, in this context is this the first real interview you've done about this record it is and i do know that this is part of my job and that i should know what i'm i should have things to say about the things that i'm trying to get people to be interested in all i'm going to get to here is you said uh, early on when you were contemplating all of this i was reading things and processing something you didn't say what it was in terms of things that inspired you to go on this spiritual personal journey yeah. um that is that is like you said also, 
kind of obvious what's going on. There is a, a lunar concept yeah. here um, that that I picked up on. Can we talk about the things that you were alluding to in terms of the reading and the contemplation in any... I don't want to get too personal. Sure. But is it worth just saying like what you were absorbing that enabled you to spit this out, whatever this was? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, vaguely speaking, I would say lots of sort of uh, ancient mystic verse. Okay. That's, <laughs> that's uh, from, uh, from any particular era or cultural? Lot, uh, mostly from the, the 17th century. Okay. 17th um, century? Culturally all over the place, which is like, 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 like theosophy, for example, is like, uh, you know, it's sort of the culmination of all religious texts and that kind of thing. This existential um, stuff that you're talking about. So we get the overture. Yeah. The first line of this record, in the end, we appear as a dream. You're already at the end. And then as we go, there's just stuff about life and, uh, and death and love is all reality. Sing it back to me, I think, is fascinating in itself because then you've got this community of singers yeah. singing the line back. And that is chilling and reassuring to me when I hear that come back to you. Almost. Here's my thing. My wife was like, today, uh, yeah. you know, again, people are going to mock me because I say this all the time. But I'll say it again. It's not a cliche. This is just the truth. I was making breakfast. <laughs> We were making breakfast today, actually, for the family. I put on your record. It's on. By the time we were walking the kids to school, Levon was singing the songs on the walk, you know, because they got in their head. And and Ramona was like, uh, is this built to spill? I'm like, no, that's the other <laughs> record that we were listening to. Anyway, Michelle goes, what is this? What is the, the, I think it was the voices, the choruses. I'm like, oh, what, it reminds me of something. What is it? I'm like. I don't know, Queen, Fairport Convention, Queen. It's Queen. I'm like, yes. And I jokingly said, there are parts of this record that remind me of Queen and the Manson family. Sorry (laughs) if that's too harsh, but just this, like, you obviously employ voices for effect. I think on this record, more than most, there's a theatrical bent. I I would argue that on occasion, it's a little eerie. And I don't know if that's just my bias, but when I hear... A gaggle of people saying stuff like the children of your body in that yeah. kind of hypnotic way. Sing it back to me is, you know, sing it back to me. It could be construed as like, hey, I'm in charge. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the leader. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. All I'm getting at is. Oh, no, well, I mean, like, to you know, I mean, I was reading strange esoteric things and <laughs> being inspired as such by cult leaders or <laughs> some are about cult leaders i i was very fascinated by cult leaders as a child i i this not, is a, not so much that probably yeah. the things that they probably the things that they reference though yes which is yeah. uh, which is really i think about and where you're coming from too here i think and what a lot of philosophy uh philosophers are the, and and the, theologians are thinking about i think generally is there's got to be more than this there's got to sure. be more than yeah, what we're that's doing that's like the yeah i mean this is probably the genesis question of all philosophers does that but, 
does that question do you think is that a recurring motif or question on on these songs i said this to a friend early on and he said oh it's the theory of everything right what was sorry you said what exactly to your friend i just oh i just uh showed him the album oh oh, oh, i see it's the theory of everything what does that mean to you i don't know that was his his words but. I'm not familiar with I I'm fond of giving people my my tips and theories but I don't know the theory of everything off the top of my head. Well, uh, clearly nor do I. Um <laughs> but it was I think it was the search for or the uh the uh personal explanation or exploration of why. Yeah, and that's that's definitely here but it's I guess what I'm coming from when I talk about the ambition here is we did talk about how you can be an instinctual and impulsive songwriter, particularly, again, is Ancient Shapes still operating in this? This That's, that's the one that... That's what we're working on right now. That's the record you're working on, right? Is that yeah. a full-length record? Shapes 4, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shapes, okay. Yeah. So, but the approach you've always explained, the way you've explained it to me, uh, on record, you tend to start with the drums... Yeah. And then uh, add other things, and then you just almost Jay Z style freestyle what you're going to sing about. Is that still the yeah. approach? Yeah, I've got song titles written down, right? Like very, very loose. I, like hope, like most of them were written, you know, while not while driving, but in in a vehicle, just sort of like the titles yeah, were written. Yeah, that's how I usually do it is just write titles down and then try to see, you know, and they I may not remember what I meant by them. So I'll have to sort of follow it in whatever direction it it leads me after that. But yeah, I usually say like, "Okay, hey, I'll do this many songs. I got to write this many titles and try to make those seem interesting or have like sort of a loose concept that can be followed." Yeah, so there's a certain looseness there that you have been able to do very, very well, and you've dedicated that, I think, anyway, you dedicate that approach to that particular band. Yeah. That particular- there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Output. This to me, where where I'm coming from, if I may, mm-hmm. this seems like you probably went through a very dedicated process involving refinement intent Uh so you you weren't just like here's the spew and that's what it's going to be you you probably did do some spewing but then we're also like i got to connect all of these things and the language is very my wife's impulse to think of queen is because bands like queen and zeppelin and others who 
border on the Prague spectrum. Yeah. Uh, tend to tended to write in this sort of old English style of yeah. language that no one really uses and Tolkien you know, language. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah Middle Earth kind yeah. of stuff, right? Sure. So I'm not saying you're doing this. Fairport Convention was probably is hovering in here. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So something about old English folk, in a sense, although. In my uh, bias, when I hear someone conceptualizing uh, lunar themes or the moon or what what have you, and philosophy, I'm thinking Greek, sort of yeah. Greek, sort of ancient. That's where my mind goes culturally, even though this is prevalent in indig- indigenous cultures, yeah, all sorts of Eastern culture. Like the, the the themes are universal in that regard. Yeah, but all I was trying to get to is, did you do you feel when I say this is maybe the most ambitious thing? Did you spend more time putting this together lyrically and and conceptually than you have other things that lyrically, you've done? F- lyrically, for sure, yeah. Musically, I, I did like a whole demo with just a, just two acoustic guitars, one doing sort of a melodic line and one doing chording, like for the whole overture. And then from the overture, I dissected it, and it was just one long file for the demo. And then I and then I waited and and tried to figure out how to take the influence of my source material and the things I was feeling and thinking about and make it work with the music that I now had a sort of foundation for anyway. How did the band figure into this work once you did the prep and the legwork, so to speak, to kind of figure out the shape of the songs? You've got Carson, Juliana, Dave, Nardi, Everyone's contributing not just vocals but lead vocals on yeah. occasion. Yeah. So it gives the it gives the whole production a kind of narrative momentum. Yeah. Like, oh, like something's changing constantly. Voices are changing. How did that come to mind or how did that come to be? Well, it it's it started just with inclusion in mind and then those things just became evident as it went along. Like we sort of we built it drum space guitars from in that sort of t- you might say typical way. And then, uh, I think I probably scratch vocal, did a scratch vocal for the whole thing and built the harmonies. And then there, there were certain parts where like, you know, I was like, I wrote the demo I did. It was like just in a little room, like off to the side. And I was, you know, some of it was falsetto. And I was like, I don't know if I can hit that full voice or if I want to sing like that, but yeah, it was just where the melody had to go or, or whatever. And so there were a lot of things where it was like, I, I literally can't do this part. So we got to bring someone, you know, either Jules or Carson or Dave. And so a lot of it like that was a little more sort of like utilitarian than anything. But it, uh, I think obviously like any sort of call and response thing was just pretty obvious. But other than that, um, it just w- whatever felt right. Fair enough. So have you, you're someone who's got a lot of ideas. When you're getting into the realm, I think even self-admittedly, of rock opera, staging. Yeah. What about staging this thing? Um, I don't know if if you've dealt with this live yet in your recent shows or... Where I was coming from beyond that, please answer that question if you uh, yeah. in a moment. It just I'm just curious if you've shared this with the public uh, on stage yet. Um, 
Beyond that, though, does your mind start to think in that opera zone? Is there a way to make this a little more theatrical? Is there a as, way to as soon to, as I was as soon as I was finished it, I was trying to think of of that, and I felt like it should have been a ballet. That's what I I the only, the best way I think it could be represented is in dance. I don't have the means or network to make that happen. So if anyone's listening to this and is a uh, you know runs a ballet studio or is a choreographer with a heavy ambition and uh, a flush bank account that doesn't need to make any money from it, uh, yeah, hit me up. But, ballet um, or any other kind of contemporary dance? What could oh, complement this? I imagined ballet, but I, I mean, I'm I'm not well versed in dance. Uh, I think yeah. all of it is beautiful. So I, I think whatever. Why the notion of a human body? Oh, I guess bodies do figure heavily they, as I'm. They do, yeah. Huh. Okay. Interesting. Dance. So that was though. just my first. Yeah, it's my first impulse and instinct for what it could be beyond that. But also. And then, and then, of course, there ended up being a film because I don't remember why, really. I think we talked about it, and then I'd written the thing, and and it seemed doable and fun to execute and maybe interesting. So, so we did that. But I, you know, when it was finished, I was like, okay, I really like this. I think this is good, but I still want the things to exist separately. Like, I don't want, I didn't want the film to be like. I want the record to be the record. And I guess that happens, like, right? Yeah. yeah. When, pe- when people release complementary things, people can't extricate one from the other. Yeah. Whereas, I think with dance, it's a little... You know, film is such a familiar and popular medium that it can so easily overtake a record. Yes. You know, as the primary source of, of the material. So, I I think... In that way, I was reluctant to do it, and I still hope that I—I I don't know what we're doing with the film, basically. Oh, I and, was going to say, I, I, uh, despite my uh, music weasel tendencies to get things before everyone else, which I sometimes uh, feel badly about, but also I'm like, I guess that's my job. Sorry, that's a little side note, <laughs> a little tangent about my guilt. But um, I was going to say, this is a thing I have not seen. This film well, you're alluding to has not been released, I guess is what you're saying. No, it, there was a little premiere at the Niagara Film Festival. But um, other than that, it hasn't been public. And so and is sure, the... I'm not sure. You're not sure if it, Julie Dwaran is in it? Is that right? Yeah. That's right. And, she, and she, Elsie, Elsie, her daughter. And, and, and do they figure heavily? Are they the main? Yeah. They're the main characters, if you will? Yeah. And, and in terms of the film, is it just synced with the record? Yeah, it's to the record. It's, it's to no, the record. There's no dialogue. Right. Uh, it's the record and a sort of visual narrative. So it's borderline music, extended music video. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. But it's a film because of the scope of it. Yeah. And and I think it would, if you were to present, yeah, no, yeah, I think that, yeah, what you said. <laughs> I guess I wonder, yeah, maybe that's this is for another project because you are so close to musical in this realm now. Yeah. I can't see you doing that. 
where you're talking, and then all of a sudden you're breaking into song. Doesn't seem like your style. No. But this is... Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to think. Like, it's a realm you haven't... You've made great music videos, uh, and this sounds like uh, among the most ambitious film projects you've uh, been involved. Did you direct the film and everything? Yeah. And I, the, yeah. There's a bunch of animation in it, which I did, and that oh, I really, wow. I'm really happy with. You did the animation? You know how to do yeah. that? Uh, I, how do you, what is I your figured, day like? I, how do you have time to do all these things? I had to learn how to do it, but I mean, I had, <laughs> I had a very rudimentary understanding of how it worked and i used very rudimentary things in order to execute it i see the, actually the there's a accompanying video to the one of the ancient shape songs on the seven inch that just came out today that i also did the animation for it's just like construction paper and oh cool yeah okay i'll, I'll I, again i haven't been on the computer yeah or my telephone too too much today but i'll take a look for those things that's cool okay well i think to your earlier point about wanting people to process this record on their own, uh, I hope we haven't uh, uh, done any spoilers, and I hope we've given people enough of a sense of it. But just to leave this or put it to bed, is there anything more you want to say about it before we uh, just before people process it, or for people listening to this? Is there anything you want to say about it that we haven't covered? Yeah, I think that I, I think that. You could, if you listen to it, you could probably enjoy it. I think you probably get something out of it <laughs> that you like. <laughs> I think um, that's true of your entire discography, Dan. Can we dial into La Luna? Maybe uh, I just, yeah, yeah. no, I'm, I'm being silly, but uh, no, I understand you're being a bit cagey. Uh, the work speaks for itself. Is that what you're getting at? I hope so. Yeah, I hope it does. I, I'm, I, I'm really proud of the cover. Yeah, what's the deal with the cover? It's just like a, it's a photograph. So it's a, it's a whole set that I made and then took a picture of it, you know, and I embroidered, yeah. I embroidered the old, uh, velvet sashes and everything. You did all this. Yeah. That's lovely. Thank you. No, it's lovely. That's great. So that's a photograph. Who took the photograph? Uh, me. <laughs> it's just totally self-propelling. That's amazing. No, it's great. What does this symbol on the back mean? Um, whatever you like. Oh, fuck. Okay. I, I have just, to use my own brain. I, was just, I have you on the show, so I don't have to think as much. That's one of the reasons you're on so much. I don't want to think. Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, you know, uh, sort of... I mean, I don't know what it means. It's just... Felt, it was, <laughs> <laughs> did, did you design this? I did, yeah. Okay, it's something then. It's I would parts- try, you know, I'm trying to find... Uh, you know, I'm always searching for, like, the perfect iconography for the outfit, and I keep... It keeps changing because n- none of it is ever as good as the Rolling Stones logo. So it's like, it, you know, so you can never get, you can never have that. Although I do think Ancient Shapes logo is very good. How many people in the outfit right now? Uh, Five. Okay. I was just trying to, there's eight of these hearts and this symbol. Yeah. So yeah. I was trying to, and they're conjoined. Well, the so new the new logo that we've been using, the, the logo that we've decided is the logo has six points. So that Six, includes, including that includes Kenny. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny, your sound person. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, here I am fumbling about, stumbling about trying to figure out what it all means. <laughs> I thank you for this. Uh, I want to ask you a quick question. Well, it may not be quick. It's a, uh, you and I lost a mutual friend in Dallas Good uh, yes. in the last few months. 
I look to artists to process uh, feelings, uh, good and bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know you write lots of stuff. You have made points of uh, paying homage to people you love. Uh, Has has something come out of you? Yeah, I'll send it to you. It's on a record that maybe we're shelving, but it's uh, it's been made and it's recorded. Shelving? Why would you shelve it? Oh, it just doesn't feel like the right time for it. Okay, it's a it's a it's, so it's a song that that it features you trying to process this. Or it's an, is it an it's album? A, I, I call it an ode. No, it's a song. Okay, I mean on an album, but okay, yeah. Okay, I well, I mean, for those listening, I don't want to pry too much, but uh, on behalf of all of, I'm sorry. It was good to see you at the gather. I went yeah, to Ontario nice for to the gathering. Jeff. It was nice to see you briefly um, there. I'm sorry, it would have been nice. I'm not saying it was good that it was brief. No, no, I but know. we only <laughs> yeah, yeah. we only saw each other. Uh, well, I, actually, I probably talked to you almost more than anyone. Yeah, at that thing, yeah. and um, so it was nice to see you there. And uh, yeah, for what it's worth, I'm still dealing with it. Uh, on a few different levels. So, uh, I hope you're okay. Yeah. You had a, it was funny. I've been, um, well, it's not funny, but I, I was trying to figure out what to do to share and memorialize Dallas. And one of the things I was doing on Instagram was basically trying to go through everything I had that he had, uh, appeared on in yeah. terms of in chronological, it didn't start out this way, but then I was like, I'm going to try to do this chronologically with every seven inch in record. Totally. Anyway, I didn't even realize how often you two collaborated on your own records. I just didn't know. It didn't occur to me because yeah, I yeah. just, you take these things for granted. But you yeah. and him would work together quite a bit, right? Yeah. And there were things I forgot. Like, I forgot he, like, came down for a couple of days and, like, stayed at my parents' house. And actually, his whole family came. Uh, oh. Like, because I. This is you and me, right? Or you came over to because everything was broken. Yeah, but uh, yeah, the good I family. Think, I think a track or two parts partly were tracked at my house. This is from the good the, the good, good family, family album? album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but then Dallas sang on one of my records too. I think "Sleep Beneath the Willow." Uh, yeah. and so he came down and like, we went to this like weird bonfire together. It's like, and I, the jewels reminded me because she, we were talking about Dallas and, uh, that was the first time she met him. And it was just this like illegal, like bon- <laughs> bonfire that like down by the canal, like in a very public place that was just kind of tucked away in the shrubs. And, and that's where like, the kids would have bonfires back in back in those days uh you know a couple of people would go around to the different hardware stores and take cr- uh crates and they would just burn a bunch of crates <laughs> so, I, I don't know if i should be laughing at this you know if this was my kids i'd be like what the hell are you doing yeah but no, everything not, everything worked out fine but um but also yeah i mean don't do that but <laughs> <laughs> that's a very sheepish admonishment from Daniel Romano but yeah uh, no that's lovely yeah like I said just going through the exercise yeah I just didn't realize that you had uh, I'd forgotten maybe that you yeah. played a role in the good family but also I probably didn't think twice about it that's what you guys all do You, I mean I just yeah I felt really 
acknowledged and made to feel an equal by him. And there was, uh, you know, a couple, a good handful of times I would go over to his house in the morning, which to him, well, whatever, like got up at like noon, but like (laughs) I would show up at maybe 11 and we would just kind of sit around and he would just show me things. Play oh, me, like, play me records and and yeah. and all of that all day long, and not eat, and then uh, and then we'd gorge on something at like six o'clock when we both started getting really angry. But I remember one night, like uh, Amanda came home, and uh, I really love Amanda, and so I like being around her. Yeah, you know? she's awesome. Espe- yeah. Es- yeah, and especially in that in that context and. You know, they were like, let's watch a movie. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. They were like, okay, we're going to watch, uh, what is that? What, that's that like weird Johnny Cash movie, Five Seconds to Live. Is that what it's called? Five Minutes to Live? Or, uh, yeah, that sounds familiar to me. I should know. I can't this, remember the it? title. It's yeah, something like yeah. that anyway. Yeah. And I've, I had never seen it. And so, but it's just like, I don't remember where I think, I don't think I sat between them, but it felt that way, you know? But at the yeah. same time, I was like, I just feel like these people are taking me in, in in a pretty magical way, you know. And Dallas I, used to did Dallas not used to call you Mini Dallas or yeah something like that, you know, or like the kid or he calls called my brother the kid because my you You're know either it, Dallas Dallas Junior yeah. I think he either called Dan Romano was either <laughs> Dallas Junior or Mini Dallas I yeah. believe they all called you yeah because um, he thought you were similar yeah. We definitely, yeah, we are, we are in a lot of ways, and Amanda would make fun of that. <laughs> time to time, I think uh, there was a show. Uh, there was a show in, uh, uh, where was it? Maybe Ottawa, some festival or something. And I think it was when I I had to fill in on drums for a show, which was very. That was during the Junos. Is that, that was what it was? The Junos. Yeah, I was there. You and I hung out at. Was that it in Ottawa? After party. It was in Ottawa, yeah, and yeah. there was that bizarre after party hosted by uh, he who will not be named, former yeah. host of Q. Oh yeah, and it was un- really annoying. Yeah. And you and I were in there just trying to deal with it. Uh, I feel like Aaron was there too. Yeah. Our friend Aaron yeah. was there too, and so you and I we were there for a good long time trying to figure out what to do. Yeah, um, and then I feel like we all wound up at some hotel, fancy hotel, because that's where I met Greg Keeler of Blue Rodeo for the first time. Yeah. And that's also the night, sorry to cut your story off, but this was a bit eventful. Uh, it was the day that Justin Trudeau, who was not yet the Prime Minister of Canada as he is currently in the, the month of September in the year 2022, for those listening all throughout time, he was like a MP or something. He yeah. was like a minister or something. He had gotten into some tussle with some conservative MP and they had a charity boxing match. A physical altercation. That, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, they were having like verbal and they had like a, they decided to settle it in the ring for charity or some (laughs) shit. Yeah. And then, uh, so we're at, it's like three in the morning or something and we're at this fancy, it's like a Fairmont hotel and it's the Sadie's. I I don't know if you were there, but Greg was there. I met Greg. I definitely remember that. Anyway, this SUV pulls up. Justin Trudeau pops out with his boxing gear. Like he's by himself, just like his exercise gear or whatever his exercise gear. I don't know why I said that. (laughs) It's not like he was doing calisthenics. He had yeah. his boxing gear, yeah. gym bag, and I go. We all saw him, and I just went up to him and I went, "Hey, did you win?" Because I hadn't heard if he yeah. won. And he went, "I did." And we both went, "Yeah!" <laughs> and we hugged each other. And I had never met him before in my yeah. life. And I just, we were just. It was late, and I was 
hyper and he was and then that was it and then he went away and then were you at any of this do you remember this at all no i don't stay okay. up that late yeah okay sorry anyway i all this to say yes and auto i heard mike Belitsky, uh the drummer of the sadies couldn't make it which i thought was really weird yeah. i never heard i don't remember he i don't show. remember what the circumstance was he had a family commitment he couldn't get out of i think nah. it might have been uh anyway it was a family thing he couldn't get out of it yeah. was the same weekend and then I heard tell that you played drums sort of last minute? Super last minute. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know at the time that you could play the drums. Right. I remember thinking like, oh, Dan, just j- on the Sadies? Like, how do you just jump in and play the drums with the Sadies? It but definitely, you did it. It definitely I, felt like I couldn't play drums when I was <laughs> in the hot seat. Well, I Sorry, I, was, I didn't mean to cut your story off. No, you were in Ottawa and you did that. What, oh, what were you and- going to say about it? I, I can't exactly remember. I think, like, I remember being in the green room, and it was just me and Dallas, and then Amanda came in, and we were both eating bananas. And she was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, nice try. Nice try, guys. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're trying to be healthy and look well, like Well, and also, yeah, like, Dallas, Dallas is the person who taught me about the chai latte no water. Oh, what's that? That's where you order a chai latte, no water. So it's just like a big hot glass of sweet milk, basically. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. It was. That doesn't sound good. I vaguely pranked the Sadies once by telling them I uh, put salt and pepper in my coffee. I don't ever, I never found out if they, they're like, you do? That sounds gross. I'm like, oh no, it's great. It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I just, it's. What I have found in this process of thinking about Dallas is everyone has fun and funny stories to of tell course. and memories of course so i i'm not normally great with this sort of morning stuff i, yeah. I have trouble with it and uh i uh, was raised not to talk about these things yeah but um which is uh, really repressive and bad totally yeah <laughs> but 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 i will say thank you for spending some time talking about him and 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 some of our even shared experiences in a way because uh I told those guys, uh, Mike uh, Belitsky and, and Travis Good, when they were on the show, that uh, one, if not the last time I saw them, was with the outfit opening up at Lee's Palace. Yeah. Uh, with Dallas, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, in their original form. Yeah. And you, uh, we've talked about this too. You actually, on the merch table, had placed these customized Lee's Palace concert t shirts yeah, for shows, Daniel shows Romano, specific. the Sadies, Andre Eche. It was basically like a poster that you would get for a specific show, but it was on a t-shirt. Yeah. Hadn't seen too many people do that before in my life, so I bought one, bought their rarities record that night. Yeah. It was all the cash I happened to have on me. It was just enough to get those two things. Yeah. And then I was tapped out. And uh, and I will tell you, it's eerie that I don't have a Sadie's shirt beyond that one. That's the only one I've ever owned. Yeah. Uh, they put out a commemorative record, ostensibly. That record is something like uh, 1995 to 2019. Uh, so I do all of those things the last time I really saw them. Yeah. And I find that really fucked. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, so I, sorry, that's just maybe me being selfish and voodoo-y, but I just, no, no. I'm like, it's weird that you, I'm very happy you made that shirt. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm very happy that this event was commemorated as some sort of closing uh, for me. It was like weird closure that I didn't know was happening. Yeah. So anyway, I'm not suggesting I'm haunted. I just think it's, it's, uh, it's nice to, to, 
I'm glad you were involved in all these memories is all I'm saying. It's nice. Yeah, um, so thank likewise. You. Yeah. Uh, so uh, in terms of La Luna, um, Dan, where would you like people to go to learn more about this record and you, if if anywhere? Oh, you know I'm bad at this. Uh, I don't know. You've, it's, you've it's, changed it's records. On, yeah, we'll go to You've Changed for, to to get by it, I guess, or yeah. l- look yeah. at it. Uh, and I think you can listen to it. It's out on the 9th, uh, wherever yeah. you are in space-time. That's the 9th of September. Of September in the year 2022. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you never know. You never you know when people are accessing these things. I get I, these. I've listened hey, to Hey, I was doing I, a I, research project on blah, 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 and yeah. I found your 2013 interview. I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad it helped. I'm glad the internet has some level of permanence for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to. So yeah, it's out September 9th, twenty two. You've yeah. changed records. You're on the various platforms, right? Uh, yes. That we use. Yes. Except, are you are you a TikTok person yet? Uh, I see. No, it's I don't know slowly really. happening. I don't it's know slowly happening. Everyone who of, of our vintage is like, yeah. I don't know what that is, but like our friend I, Simone is on it now. Yeah. Simone's good at it though. <laughs> <laughs> Simone of Fiverr, Simone Schmidt. Uh, Simone, they have like a way that is universal as far as uh, generations, I think. And, Simone's and I a comedian, whether they know it or not. Simone's yeah, actually oh, yeah. like the funniest person ever. Absolutely. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, okay, so people can learn about that. Now we're in the tricky part of my show where I ask people to pick a song <laughs> that we can go out on. Um, in this case, obviously we're not going to play a whole side. No, don't uh, do I wondered, Dan, if you can even think about them. Could we pick a part? Uh, I mean, sorry, can we choose a part? I don't mean to pick up. We already picked a part the whole album. We did that together. But I just wonder if there's a part... Or section of think, either side that might be. Fun. You're ripping open a copy of the record well, I, on I, the I, air. I, I can to, just show you. Yeah, I, I can't. It's on the phone. Okay. I, it's too okay. small. I can tell you the names. It's a one, two, <laughs> two. three, four. It okay, goes on until twelve. Uh, oh yeah, I I think um, uh, let's say. Eight. Eight is a sort of a good crescendo part. I don't know where you would start or stop it, because there's no real... It's really seven into eight, but I don't know how much time that is. And w- It's probably not that much time. We could potentially... So that's... So for those who haven't seen it yet, this is the beginning... Seven is the beginning of side two. Yeah. Uh, and eight is the second song, then. Yeah. Or second section, rather. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, I can pick an edit point uh, yeah. for eight. Should we just go with eight? I'm just saying time is not an issue. I can play seven and eight. Mm-hmm. Let's go with, um, yeah, like just before eight. Wherever feels good to you, but like leading into that, just because eight starts kind of like as a, it doesn't feel like the beginning of anything. You know what I mean? And there's like a... Do I, do I, have, permission to, do I have permission to fade? Yeah. Fade oh, yeah. it in? Do, do whatever you want, okay. yeah. Okay, I'll, I may have to, f- because, the so just so people understand, they're all basically one large track, and there's very little uh, separation. So if you hear artificial fade in and fade out, that's me, not the record. <laughs> yeah. On track eight, if you will, or sorry, part eight. Of track Laluna. two of side uh, B. Technically. Yeah. It's not exactly. See, I, we should have worked this out beforehand, but at the same time, I'm glad we did this together. No, this so, is good. Yeah, so Dan, uh, yeah, so for everyone else, rather. Here now, 
from the beautiful new album by Daniel Romano's outfit. It is, oh, down- is good-looking, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. I've been... I Mine's all covered in fingerprints because I've been pawing at it like yeah. a dog, reading it uh, over and over again as I listen. I've done both, by the way, and I encourage others. I've read the lyrics off the page without the music playing, and then I read along. Yesterday, I recited the whole thing against my wife's will. You already memorized just, it? No, no, no. I haven't memorized it. I just was reading it in kind of a comically monotone way. Yeah. And when I was done, she didn't know what I was even doing. I didn't even say anything. And she's like, what did, What gibberish was... What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, it's not gibberish. It's the dance. She's like, oh, I didn't even... Know. She was like, her back was turned to me yeah. in the kitchen, and I was just reading along. And without the songs playing, and she's like, "What do you? What do? You, what?" She thought I was having an, uh, an episode, yeah, of some kind. I'm like, "No, this is the lyrics from the thing." Anyway, oh, also, I, I should I should mention in true in true form of you know um, weird esoteric um, groups and or organizations and ideas of the 17th century, there is a cipher. There's a cipher. Okay. Mm-hmm. What do we have to do to prepare for this? You just have to find it. Okay. All right. That's fine. I'm going to figure that out myself. And I will say it was very hard to do. It was very hard to organize. I'm not... Okay. I'm going to have to dig... I'm sorry. You've caught me off guard. It's the end of the talk. I don't have time to figure this out right now. (laughs) I'm going to spend more time with it and figure this out. Okay. So there's secret code. Basically, there's something in here that we didn't didn't even get to. That's good. There's nice Easter eggs. For the people. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So mm-hmm. where'd we land? This is uh, part eight from La Luna by Daniel Romano's outfit. Uh, Daniel, it's always a, a great honor and a pleasure that you uh, give me any time at all to blather at you and, and, and whatnot. Thank you for this. And Thank you for I wish you me. the best, best of luck in the future with everything, and I hope I see you soon. Absolutely. Mystery 
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I figured out the cipher. I mean... I got some help from Dan, but he, he sent me some info, hints, and I, I got it. I figured out the cipher, guys. I just want you to know, you got to look at the record and figure out the cipher. That's all I'm saying. Does this sound suspicious? I don't mean to sound weird, but that cipher thing was bugging me. And then just uh, as I'm speaking to you now, yesterday, Dan explained, gave me some hints, and then I figured it out. Kind of mostly on my own. I think Dan would agree, but we'll see. Anyway, thank you once again to Daniel Romano for appearing on this the 714th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're looking for or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show on Twitter at vishcreative. Or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at vishkana. Also visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to sustain this podcast. $6 or more grants you access to exclusive content, including extra time with some of my current guests, uh, a dig into my own uh, interview archives that uh, mostly uh, emanate from uh, my time before starting this podcast. I go in there and I find stuff. And uh, more recently, uh, you get the show, the regular show, early. You get it as early as I can possibly get it done. Uh, thus far, it's been about a day before, and that's probably what it will be, continue to be, if I can get it up the day before it goes out to the general public. Uh, that's a perk. You get that, too. So, please, head to patreon.com slash creativecontrol to learn more about uh, these things and how to donate. Again, it's $6 or more grants you that access, but you can donate any amount you want, and you can change it at any time you want. And you can also just plug in for the year. You can say, I want to this much money for a whole year's worth of creative control and uh, it's all very simple also if you're interested in a creative control t-shirt message me at uh, the uh, through the messaging app there at patreon.com slash creative control and i will try to get you one just as soon as i can thanks again to the fine alberta record retailer blackbird music which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca also thanks to pizza trocadero the bookshelf and planet bean coffee in guelph ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario for their in-kind support for this show. Thanks, as always, to my friend uh, Jim Guthrie. He is also kind. And you can learn more about Jim and his work at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you so much for listening to this episode with Daniel Romano. Daniel has been on the show many, many times, so I encourage you to check out some of those older episodes. And to also subscribe to this podcast or follow it and tell your friends all about it, and maybe they'll do the same. 
And uh, that's pretty much it. Check out Luna. It is something else by this Daniel Romano's Outfit Band. And I will talk to you very soon. Bye for now.